comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Come with me to the book of Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17. But upon Mount Zion. Somebody say, but upon Mount Zion. Oh, say it. Upon Mount Zion. There shall be what? And there shall be. And the house of Jacob shall possess their. This was my theme when I was in final year. The university. When I was this year president, this was my theme. <laughs> Over there, 117. Possessing your possessions. <laughs> one day I'll tell you a mystery about it. <laughs> Let's read that together. One go. But upon Mount Zion, there shall be what? And there shall be what? Holiness. And the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Okay. When you come to Hebrews chapter 12, let's look at Hebrews 12, verse 22, thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start from verse 21. Yes, let's start from verse 20. For they could not endure what was commanded. And if so, as a beast touches the mountain, it will be stoned or shot with an arrow. Verse 21, he says, And so terrifying was the sign that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. Now this is their leader. This was the man who was close to God. And upon the Mount of Sinai, there was a lot of fear and trepidation. But look at it. But you have come to Mount Zion. Somebody say, we have come to Mount Zion. To the city of what? The living God. To a heavenly what? To an innumerable company of... Okay, so Obadiah says that upon Mount Zion there shall be deliverance and holiness. Here he gives us a detailed account of how Mount Zion is looking like today. For them it was a prophecy. For us it's a reality. They were waiting for Mount Zion. Christ has brought us to Zion. Somebody say, through Christ... I'm at Zion now. Okay, so he says, we are come. That's why he says, we are come. Not that we will go. It's not a place we are longing to go. It's a place we are now. We are come unto Mount Zion. And to the city of a living God. So, this is our Zion. Our Zion is a city of a living God. Our Zion is a place of innumerable heavenly Jerusalem. It is an innumerable company of angels. He says, to the church of the first one, look at number 23, to the general assembly, like the UN general assembly, they make decisions. And to the church of the firstborn, which are registered in heaven, say, my name is already there. My name is already there. Uh -huh. Stop praying that you make heaven, you are there. Amen. Amen. The Bible says you are registered, you are registered citizens of Zion. Praise the Lord. Uh -huh. 
<laughs> That's what Philippians tells us. Philippians tells us we are citizens of heaven. Citizens. And here says we are registered. We have our heaven card. How many of you have your Ghana card? I think everybody here will have it. You have to get your heaven card. And your heaven card was delivered to you at the point of salvation. Once you come to faith in Christ, that becomes your place. The Bible says he has raised us up and made us to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's where we are. That's where we operate. That's why Jesus, even before he went to the cross, he told them, he says, that don't be happy that demons and wizards and witches are bound before you, but be happy that your name is registered in heaven. That was before the cross. And after the cross, we cannot lose sight of that fact. He says, your names are registered in heaven to God, the judge of all, to the spirit of just men made perfect. 24, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Somebody say the blood of Jesus speaks better things. Say speaks better things. Now, if you have some time, you can go through the book of Hebrews and study on the word better. How many times the word better appears there? The word better is associated with a number of things. Better things, better covenant, better promises, all kinds of things there. Hebrews is a book of better. He wrote it to the Hebrews to let them appreciate that there is something better. And as much as they appreciate the old, the Hebrews were the Jews who had come to faith in Christ. And he was helping them to appreciate. In as much as you appreciate the old, the Old Testament was great. Moses was great. Angels were great. But there is one here who is far superior, and his name is Jesus. So Hebrews has a theme that is similar to that of Colossians. Colossians was written to help us to appreciate the supremacy of Christ over science, over philosophies, over all kinds of knowledge. And then here, he also helps us to appreciate that Christ is superior to the prophet. So, when you start from Hebrews chapter 1 in particular, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1, it says, God who at sundry times and diverse manners spoke unto the fathers by the prophet, has spoken into us in these last days by his son or through his son. Okay. It says, in this last days, somebody say, in this last days. You remember when Peter was preaching? He said, in the last days. So, in the last day, starting from that time, in this last day, God has spoken unto us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the well. Verse 3, I like it. He said, who being the brightness of his glory? Oh, somebody say brightness of his glory. <laughs> so, these guys worshipped Moses. They adored Moses. Some people believe that the reason why God buried Moses and they never got to see Moses was because if they had seen the body of Moses, they would have mounted a monument there to be worshipping the God. Moses was a very great person in Israel. So when Christ came and it's all part of the reasons why the Jews are still struggling with accepting Christ as Lord and Savior because they felt that Moses was the main thing and those who still believe that Moses is the main thing, they don't know that Christ has already come and gone. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and avoiding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself paired our sins sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. This is sweet. Somebody say, the work is done. Say, the work is done. You see, when you have work and you have not finished, you don't sit down. When Jesus sat, the Bible said, when he had by himself patched our sins, he sat down saying, it is finished. Finito. The work is done. 
Okay, so that is by way of introduction. But you see, come with me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest. Somebody say, I have a high priest. Okay, we have a great high priest. This is not Aaron. This is a superior one than Aaron. Seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Somebody say, let's hold fast our confession. Say, let's hold fast our confession. Okay, and the reason is that you have a high priest now who is passed into the heavens. He's seated in the heavens. What the high priest used to do was that he used to present their sacrifices and their sins. Give me Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Just helping you to get a picture. For, for every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. That is the work of a high priest. That is what they knew Aaron to be doing. That's what Aaron did for them. And he says, just like this high priest offered sacrifices for sin, this one came, who have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way for that, he himself also is compassed with infirmity. This is why Jesus had to come as man, to identify with us and be able to go through, feel what we feel, experience what we experience, and so he's able to stand in the gap for us very well. By reason, hereof, he ought us for the people, so also for himself, to offer for sins. Now, the difference between the high priest of Aaron and that of Christ is that Christ was sinless. Aaron had to offer sacrifices for his sin before he could offer sacrifices for the people. Okay, let's go back to four. Seeing that this high priest has come and he has come to finish his work and he's gone back into the heavens. There is something that he has left you with. And they call it confession. Somebody say confession. Say confession. Say confession. Okay, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Now the same word there, the profession there is translated. The actual proper translation is confession. If you do the New King James Version, you will have confession there. So let us hold fast the confession of our faith. Confession of our faith. Confession of our faith. Tonight I want to start speaking to you about possessing your inheritance in Christ through positive confessions. Somebody say, possessing my inheritance in Christ. Through positive confessions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once you become a Christian, one of the things that you need to be able to master is how to talk. Somebody say, how to talk. Say how to talk. When you are born a child, you learn how to talk. And when you become a Christian, you must also learn how to talk. There is a way a Christian talks. There is a way a mature believer talks. There is a way a baby talks. Paul said, when I was a child, how many of you remember that? First Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11. When I was a child, I understood as a child. I thought as a child. I spoke as a child. But when I became a man, when I became a man, I put away childish things. I spoke as a child. You will not speak as a child anymore. I said from today, you will not speak like a child anymore. Yeah, because when you speak like a child, you'll be getting child results or children's results. I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. 
I taught as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. As we go through this series, I see you putting away childish things. I said, I see you putting away childish things in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. You have to understand that if any man be in Christ, he's what? Oh, say it. He's what? If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new, including the way he talks. All things have become new. All things have become new. Your spirit is changed. You have a new heart. You have a new spirit. And you also are given a new language. Is it not amazing that when you get born again, the spirit of God comes to fill you and he seizes your tongue. You know, we read the book of James and we are like, oh, the tongue can no man tame. Yes, no man can tame it, but the Holy Ghost can tame it. The reason why the Holy Ghost is in you is to take control of your tongue. And when the Holy Ghost tames your tongue, you become a commander in the affairs of life. I see your tongue tamed by the Spirit of God. So tongue speaking is the first phase. But when the Holy Spirit seizes your tongue in tongue speaking, other things must also come through it. When you become born again, <laughs> many things happen. And one area you need to master is the act of speaking. Somebody say the act of speaking. You see, if you don't speak the way you ought to speak as a believer, you are a Christian all right, you're a believer all right, but what is due you, you won't get it. And the tongue has only yields resource when you specialize it. The Bible says, with the same tongue bless we God, and with the same tongue curse we man. He said, these things ought not so to be. In other words, as long as you are double-minded in the use of your tongue, you are not likely to get the best results out of it. But when you specialize it, I am well, I am prosperous, I am blessed, I am the righteousness of God. When you specialize it and you consistently emphasize that, that's when you begin to see results. Are you here with me? It's very, very important. I want you to appreciate that in Christ you have a goodly heritage. Somebody say, I have a goodly heritage. Have a goodly heritage. Say, in Christ... I have a goodly heritage. Yes, the Bible says in Psalm 16, verse 5 and 6, the lines are falling unto me in pleasant place. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance. Thou maintainest my lot. Verse 6, he said, the lines are falling unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. Somebody say, I have a goodly heritage. Shouted, I have a goodly heritage. You have a goodly heritage. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3, he says... 1 Peter 1, 3, blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope. Somebody say a lively hope. That is the kind of hope the believer can never speak like he's hopeless. Do you understand what I'm saying at all? You can never be hopeless as a child of God. You have a lively hope. You have a living hope. That's who you are. That's what is yours. You see, these are things that every time the apostles were talking about it, they always had to speak about it with great praise. That's what he said. Blessed be God. He's excited talking about it. Why? Because that is a great inheritance that is ours in Christ. We have a lively hope. You have a lively hope. Somebody say, I have a lively hope. Shout, I have a lively hope. If your hope is in your father, the moment he's gone, that hope is dead. But you have a lively hope. It's a hope that is an ever-living hope. A hope that never fades away. 
that hope is reserved in heaven. Somebody say, I have a lively hope. First John 4, 4, he said, little children, you are of God and have overcome the world. For greater is he that is in you. Once you are born of God, you have overcome the world. Greater is he that is in you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, he said, if God be for us, who can be against us? Okay? Verse 32, he said, he that spared not his own son, but gave him up unto us. How shall he not freely with him also give unto us all things? All things. Somebody say all things. So, when Christ comes into your life, Christ is not God's only gift to you. Alright? He is the main gift to you that paves the way or qualifies you to receive many other great things from God. Christ. Christ. That is why I will forever celebrate the song When you understand how precious Christ is, you will never joke with your faith in him. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Because when Christ came, look at that. He that spared not his own son. This is grammar now. He did not spare his own son. But delivered him up freely. He delivered him up for us all. Take note. How shall he not with him also freely give unto us all things? All things. Somebody say all things are mine. Say all things are mine. Say all things are mine. I'm talking about confession, so as I'm teaching, we are practicing. Praise the Lord. Freely all things. Somebody say all things. things. Salvation guarantees you access to all things. With Christ comes all things. With Christ comes peace. With Christ comes healing. With Christ comes hope. With Christ comes joy. Am I communicating that thought, somebody? With Christ comes every precious thing. And the book of Peter, Peter also gives us an, an idea of the kind of things that accompany Christ. He says he gives us all things. <laughs> you know, there are pieces, they wrote it in such a way that this one will give you a certain insight here. Another person will bring you a better picture here. And together, like building on blocks, it comes into a perfect picture. Second Peter 1, verse 1 and 2. He says, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Look at verse 2 there. He said, according as his divine power. Look at this. According as his what? Divine power had, will give, shall give, may give. Are you talking about to me at all? He says, according as his divine power had what? Given us all things that pertains to what? life and godliness. He said, how shall he not with him freely give unto us all things? So he says, he's given us all things. Then here, he gives us an idea that the things he's talking about, they are things that pertain to life and godliness. I've met people whose theology is that they postpone almost every blessing to the sweet by and by. Everything good in Christ is by and by. So in this life, there isn't much to look forward. To be a Christian is to be beggarly. To be a Christian is to be sick. To be a Christian is to be a failure. You know, that's all. When I got born again, the focus was heaven, eternity. You should not miss heaven. You should not miss heaven. And in as much as it's great, <laughs> something was missing also. Because if I had been focusing on heaven since that time, and all this time that Jesus had not come, I don't know what my life would have been. But you see, the equation changes. When I understand that now heaven is on my side. Are you here with me? Now I'm seated far above principalities and powers. I'm in heaven operating on the earth. Osro Tamachi. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? No, that's what it means. Heaven is backing you right here on earth. I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation will come to somebody tonight. According as his divine had given unto us, not will give us. I like their pieces because they tell us the things that are given. In the Old Testament, they were full of promises. But in the New Testament, we are walking in the realities of the promises. So it's not promise. It's not God is going to do something. No. God has done all that he needs to do in Christ. And it's made available to you through grace and faith. So you need to know what to do in order to walk in the practical manifestation of a saint. Now that's what I'm going to be sharing with you in this series. He says, according as the divine power given unto us, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. So He's given unto you some things, but you will never walk in them until you grow in your knowledge of him. Are you following what I'm teaching here? You have to grow in the knowledge of him. Through the knowledge, all the things he has given to you, you cannot get them through the knowledge of architecture, geography, anatomy, biology. No, 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 no. You have to get them through the knowledge of him. That's why in the book of Peter again, he said, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. Because if you don't grow in grace, you cannot assess the benefits of grace. It's available. It's not that somebody is withholding it from you. But because you don't know what to do practically to appropriate it, you will not get it. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There are many knowledge that we uh, use in life. But there is one knowledge that is superior and positions above all other things. And this is the knowledge I'm talking to you about. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of law. I see you growing in grace. Say, I'm growing in grace. And I'm growing in the knowledge of the law. Hebrews 6, 9. He said, but beloved, we are persuaded of better things. So, you see, this one says things pertaining to life. Romans tells us that all things. Somebody say all things. Peter says, things that pertain to life and what? Say, things that pertain to life and godliness. Uh So, when you meet anybody, any theologian is making you look like everything good is in the sweet by and by. Tell him we will get there. But in the meantime, we need to get what we need to get here. Because the scripture says, God has given us some things and they pertain to life and godliness. So, as far as my godly living is concerned, I'm sorted. As far as my life here is concerned, I am sorted. I'm not complicating here. Now, he says, beloved, even though we speak to you in this way, but beloved, we are persuaded of better things of you. Things that what? Oh, say it, say it, say it, say it. What are the things that accompany salvation? What things accompany salvation? Worst things? Dangerous things? Bad things? Better things accompany salvation. Hell is not one of those things. Better things accompany salvation. He said, but beloved, we are persuaded better things of you. Things that pertains to salvation. Things that pertains to salvation. Jesus said that he comes only except to see, to kill, and destroy. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, is it a wonder that any time any of the churches, Paul wrote to most of his churches, he will usually start on this note, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16. Because, you see, when people are thanking God, there's a basis for it. 
he says, wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love unto all the saints, okay, you are born again and you have come into a fellowship of love and life with the saints. He said, I cease not to give thanks for you. Why am I giving thanks for you? Because this decision you have made has put you on an advantage side of life. Somebody say, I'm on the advantage side of life. Say, I can never be disadvantaged. I am favored and blessed of God. The best of God is mine in this life and the life hereafter. He said, I cease not to give thanks unto God for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Every time when I think about the fact that you are a Christian, I'm happy. I thank God for you. I'm excited about it. I'm excited because you are a Christian. I'm excited because you know the Lord. He's not saying I'm excited because he said, I'm excited because you are in a new walk. <laughs> and he follows his excitement with a very important prayer. This is a prayer you have to pray for yourself. I prayed for you as your pastor. I prayed for myself. And you have to personally take the responsibility to pray for yourself. It's key. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation. Why do you need revelation? If something is hidden, that's why you need it revealed. Something is hidden. I thank God that you have made this decision. And you need the spirit of wisdom and revelation because, you see, this decision you have made has so much to offer you. But listen, you cannot assess them, enjoy them, and possess them without revelation. And so I'm praying that now that you are saved, go for revelation. Go for revelation. Value revelation. Value your knowledge of the word of God. Value it. He said that God will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Listen, a pastor friend of mine said that Solomon was praying for wisdom because there was so much his father had laid out for him to manage. But if you don't have so much <laughs> in your stock, <laughs> don't just ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom and something else. He was joking. Because truly wisdom is a principal thing. And with wisdom comes other things. But you see, I want you to take a picture of this. He says that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That what? That you may what? That you may what? That you may what? That you may get? That you may receive? That it may be given you? He said that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Alright? What the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Okay? And what is the city? Please take note of those three things. Let's go back. <laughs> I wish I was doing an expose on Ephesians. <laughs> he said that the eyes of your understanding, look at the focus of the prayer. The focus of the prayer is that your eyes will be open. The veil will go away. Take the fork of your eyes. Let the veil go. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. The reason why the eyes of your understanding need to be enlightened is so that you will know. Somebody say that I may know. That, may know. that you may know what is the hope of your calling. Then he says, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Okay. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Somebody say, great is the power of God at work in me. You don't seem to know what you are talking about. Say, great is the power of God at work in me. 
I'm a conduit of divine power. The anointing of the Holy Ghost recites in me practically. I carry power everywhere I go. I'm a dangerous cargo to the enemy. No weapon fashioned against me prospers. I am on top. I'm elevated. I walk on my high places. Now, listen, you see, when you wake up and you are finished praying, this is how you start the day. This is how you start the day. You don't get up and pray and finish and then you are like, no, 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 no. Colossians 1, 12 to 14. He said, giving thanks unto the Father who had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, go back, go back, please. Go back, please. He said, giving thanks unto the Father. Did you see another giving thanks? Unto the Father who had made us what? Meet to be partakers of the inheritance. Say, I'm a partaker. Say, I'm a partaker. Yeah, it's not that you will be a partaker. You have been made a partaker. He has qualified you. In fact, the New King James or the New International, one of them says, who has qualified us. He's qualified us to be partakers. Do you see that? He said, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Did you see that? The eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. And here he's talking about light. It's the same thing. Light. You need light to see what is yours. Are you here with me? Yeah. The thing is yours. But as far as darkness is there, you can't find it. Health is yours. But as far as darkness is over it, you can't find it. Prosperity is yours. As far as darkness is over it, you can't find it. Am I communicating here? That's why the Bible said the entrance of his word brings what? Light and brings understanding to the simple. When the light of God shines on a matter, immediately all your doubts are cleared and you are filled with boldness and courage to go possess your possession. I see you possessing your possessions. I said I see you possessing your possession. Say I'm possessing my possessions. Another thing I need you to appreciate about your inheritance is that it's both natural and spiritual. Somebody say natural and spiritual. You see, any kind of Christianity that makes you want to live on a lopsided life is fake. Real Christianity takes you to heaven and brings you back on earth. Are you here with me? Yeah. The Christianity, if it is correct, it has two sides. It has a heavenly side and it has an earthly side. Yes. So you are there and you are here. That's why he says, as pilgrims, Peter tells us that we are pilgrims. Pilgrims were on earth. Philippians says we are citizens of heaven. That's why we are pilgrims on earth. So there's what we are doing here and there's what has been done for us. You see, something has been done for us there. And so it has given us the capacity to function here in a certain way. Are you here with me? Very, very, very critical. This thing is not just some super, listen, it is both natural. Blessed be God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. If you read the book of Revelation chapter 5 verse 11 and 12, he said, and I beheld, look at that, I beheld and I heard a voice of many angels run about the throne and the beasts and the elders, the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and tens of thousands, 12 he says, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, and glory, and blessing. 
That's what Jesus, among the things he received when he died on the cross, was wisdom, was riches, was power, was honor, was blessing. These things, Jesus didn't need them before he went to the cross. You understand what I'm saying? He didn't need them because he was God. Philippians tells us, though he was, let this man be which was also in Christ, who being in the form of God. As God, he didn't need all of this. He didn't need to receive all of them. Who lost them in the first place? He has them already. So when he's receiving them, from whom is he receiving them? From the devil. Because the devil took it away from Adam. And Jesus came, he received it back from the devil because he had to legitimately and legally satisfy all conditions so that anything that is ours becomes legitimately and legally ours. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, he had to satisfy all the conditions. That's why he had to go through the process. Praise the Lord. So he's both natural and spiritual. So you read the book of 2 Corinthians 8, 9. He says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. So he will receive blessing, riches, honor, and knowledge and wisdom. All of them have been received. He didn't receive to take them up there. He received to give them back to me. Somebody say, wisdom is mine. Prosperity is mine. Blessing is mine. Honor is mine. Praise the Lord. So all of these things have been received on our behalf. The question is, how do I appropriate them practically? Number one, you have to know them. Somebody say, you know them. Yeah, you have to know it. That's why I'm sharing with you what I'm sharing with you. So he said, Ephesians 1 3. He said, Blessed be God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You are blessed. When you come to verse 15, he tells you that you have to pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you can access all the blessings that are yours in heavenly places. So you need to know them. Know them. At 20 32, he says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to help you access your inheritance, which is yours in Christ. You have to know them. Hosea 4 6, he says, For my people are destroyed for lack of what? Knowledge. You have to know them. You cannot possess that which is yours without knowledge. You have to know them. Number two, you have to believe them. You have to believe firmly in them. Believe them. Believe it. You have to believe it. You are broke, but believe that you are rich. You are sick. Believe that you are well. Amen. Am I communicating to somebody at all? You have to believe them. Believe them. Believe them. The Bible said these things that we believe, we must constantly affirm. Believe them. Believe them. Believe them strongly. Using Pastor James' term, be convicted about them. Yeah, be convicted. Become a convict. You are in prison about that revelation. Come to a place of deep conviction. Nothing will make you doubt it. Look at this. Look at this. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1 to 3. He says, look at this. Therefore, I like this. Hebrews. Hebrews is exciting. Seeing a promise remains of entering his rest. Let us. Now he's talking about us now. He said, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. So the man was concerned. He said, we have to be very careful that we don't lose. And he was talking in the context. He was referring them to their fathers. There were certain promises that were dears, that were made to your fathers. And they came short. They couldn't get it. You be careful. You don't miss it. You see, scripture says that whatever was written at four time was written for our learning. That's why we have Moses, we have Adam, we have David. All of those, their examples are there for us to learn. To learn the way to do right things, the way not to do wrong things. Look at this. 
For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not be missed with faith in them that heard it. Somebody say, believe it. Yeah. Romans 10, verse 9 to, he says, For if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, yes, believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart we believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Praise the Lord. Believe it. Say, I believe it. So, as for the discovery there, you have to, it is an endless discovery. The knowledge. So, you have to grow. Your SHS knowledge is different from your university knowledge. No, so. No, so. Yeah, so you are growing in knowledge every time. When you go to PhD, the knowledge is different. And you never come to a place where you have mastered all knowledge. So, that's why you have to grow in grace and in knowledge. And grace and knowledge multiplies. Grace multiplies with knowledge. The more you know, the more graceful your life becomes. Okay, so you have to know it. You have to believe it. And then, number three, and that is going to be the focus of our teaching, confess it. Somebody say confess it. Yeah, confess it. Confess it. Confess it. Confess it. Confess it. He said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, Romans there, Look at that. He said, let us hold fast the confession of our faith. Confession of our faith. What you know, what you believe, you must speak. Do you know? What you know, what you believe, you must what? You must speak. You have to confess it. You, have, you see, the Christian life is a life of speaking. You have to talk. If you don't learn to talk, you can never experience the best of Christ for you. You have to learn to talk. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And it's not just uh, confessing, but confessing right. That's why I call it possessing your possession through positive confessions. Confessing right. Confessing right. Next week I'll be showing you what right confession looks like. Let me show you a text here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just want us to look at an example of a people that the Bible talks about. Because their case is written for us as a clear case example to it's a lesson for us. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Said, Therefore, since the promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short. Say, I'm not coming short. Say, I'm not coming short. What he's simply saying is that you have to be careful so that all the things that are yours, you don't miss out on any. Okay. Then we look at. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. He said, now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the earth are come. Look at this. These were a people who were promised so much, but they lost it. You will not lose it. Amen. I said, you will not lose it. Amen. Numbers chapter 14, verse 29 to 32. Your carcasses, look at this, look at this, look at this. This is a very sad commentary. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness and all that were numbered of you according to your whole number. That's 20 years and up, okay? All according to your whole number from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. They spoke, but what they spoke was different. Do you understand? Yeah, nobody murmurs quietly. If you are murmuring, you will say something. And some of you are too good that <laughs> you'll be quiet and you are remembering inside you. But this kind was obvious. God saw it. So he responded to it. 
He said, they murmured against me. Doubtless, now I like this. He said, doubtless, you shall not come. Doubtless. In other words, la lie. You will never enter. It's, it's impossible to fear that you enter. That's what he said. Doubtless, you shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein. Is it not, sir? That this is yours. Healing is yours. Prosperity is yours. Peace is yours. Advancement is yours. And he says, you are not assessing any of that. Can you imagine that? Jesus has shed his blood for you to receive all of that. But he says, you are not assessing any of that. This is an example for us of how you can lose out on what is yours. It's yours by right. It's yours by redemption. But you will not get it. You see, sometimes when a believer goes through a certain experience and all of those things, we are sometimes quick to want to put a blame somewhere. But there are a number of factors that positions a person to receive what is yes. A number of factors. A number of factors. And until all of those factors have been clearly verified, you have to be very careful. Look at this. He said, you will not come into the land. Save Caleb, Joshua, the son of Nun, the son of Jophnan, and Joshua, the son of Nun. Verse 31 and 32. He said, but your little ones, look at this, your little ones, your little ones, your little ones, which you said. So they spoke some things. Oh, it is the things they said that robbed them of their inheritance. He said, your little ones, what you said, these ones will be a prey. These ones, nothing good will come out of them. They are failures. Nothing great will come out of them. He said, them I will bring. Oh, Kalusha, Bradiva, Handasa. Them I will bring and they shall know the land which you have despised. May you not despise your inheritance in Christ. I said, may you not despise your inheritance in Christ. Whatever you can boldly talk about, you despise. Do you understand what I'm saying? Whatever you are ashamed to declare, you are ashamed to identify with. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed. Paul spoke to Timothy and said, do not be ashamed of the gospel, nor of me, his prisoner. But as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in this wilderness. May that not be your testimony. Amen. I said, may that not be your testimony. Amen. Now, this picture is just giving us a picture of what happened to the children of Israel when God brought them in. All the things I talked about, the three things, I just want to walk you through them and then I close. The three things were present. One, they had knowledge. They were given knowledge. God gave them very, very good knowledge about it. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7. And the reason why you need knowledge is because how can you hear? How can you have faith without knowledge? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when God brought them out, he told them, for the Lord your God is bringing you into what? Uh, talk to me. Talk to me. Uh, what? A good land, a land of brooks and of fountains of springs and oh, verse 9. A land in which you will eat a land of what? Wheat and barley and of vines and uh-huh. Okay, verse 9. A land a land in which you will lack nothing. Whose stones are iron? Now, can you imagine this? This is the land God is bringing them into. And he told them that this is the place I'm taking you. But you won't believe it. If you read the account, not long after they left, they were yearning. They had huge nostalgic affection for Egypt. This kind of land had been promised to them. They say, ah, why have you brought us here to kill us? 
And they spoke killers, killers, killers until God killed them. <laughs> killers. They started killers. Killers. He said, is it because there were no grapes in Egypt? Wow. They spoke some things. Listen, let's be very, very careful with what we say. That's what I'm teaching you. In fact, God wanted them to see the land so much that even when they got close to the land, he made them send spies to go and see the land. Took spies, 12 spies. Numbers 13, verse 1 and 2. And the Lord spoke to Moses, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel. Now look at this. Which I am giving. Which I am what? Now, if you look at what stopped them, it was because they had lost sight of the fact that this was a land God was giving them. He was giving them. And for us, it has been given unto us. And what we are told to do is to speak it into manifestation. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. God was giving it to them. But when they went there, they saw talent. And that is usually how it is with all of us. The things God has given to us, they will not come to us for free. He has given to us. God has given you divine health. Your health will be challenged. Your health will be challenged. Your finances will be challenged. Am I communicating here? You see, the untested Christian is not a Christian God can use. The untried Christian is not a Christian God can use. He tries you. He pulled them. He said, I'm taking you to the wilderness. I'm going to prove you myself. And he still proves us. Praise the Lord. He still proves us. Send, go to the land and spy the land. Go and see the people who dwell there. That's all they were supposed to do. He said, I'm giving you the land. And then he said, go and see. Is it not to go and see? When they went and they saw, they came back with their own things. They came now to tell God things that God didn't know about the land. He said, you have given me divine health. You don't know how challenging my economy is. He said, you've given me prosperity. You don't know how things are tough here. You see, the way you are talking is communicating that to God. I wanted to jump that, but <laughs> let's just look at it quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. 17, number 17, 20. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said, go up into the land, go up the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. Even that perspective Moses gave them, I think I'm getting problems with them. Yeah. See the land, whether it's good or bad. God said, I'm bringing you into a good land. Is that not what God said? <laughs> so he gave them something that made their focus divided. See whether it's good or bad. <laughs> whether the land is rich or poor. Whether the, uh, a land in which you have bread without scarceness. But that was their challenge. So they went and they came back. And they said the land is a good land. If you go, you read down further. He said the land is a good land. It's a seedingly good land. This is the fruit thereof. But, <laughs> the land, eh? Giants, giants, and mama, mama, Moses. Philistine, move Philistine, pa Goliath, as if only be. When we look at them and we look at us, we're like grasshoppers. That was their commentary. Hebrews gives us an account why they didn't enter the land. Hebrews chapter three, verse sixteen to nineteen. For having heard rebel. Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Look at this. Not with whom was he angry 40 years. 
they kept God what? Angry 40 years. That's the wilderness journey. Because it was about a 10 day journey or so. But it took them 40 years. Because they started the first day they got God angry. <laughs> and oh, you know. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> I like that word. <laughs> Was it not with those who sin? Now, what sin is he talking about? Because here, all sin is unbelief. Do you understand? He said, was it not with those who sinned? What sin did they commit? Whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they will not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey. Verse 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of what? Because of what? Because of what? Yeah. What he said of them is also relevant in our times. They couldn't enter. So when you go to chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 19, he tells you that therefore because there is a promise like this waiting for us, let's also be careful. They couldn't enter because of unbelief. Let's be careful. Let's not be plagued by unbelief like they were plagued by unbelief. So they couldn't enter. They had knowledge. They couldn't enter because they didn't believe. And then they couldn't enter because they spoke negatively. They spoke what? They spoke negatively. They spoke negatively. Numbers 14, 1 to 4. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. Wow, you are going to a land that is an exceedingly good land. And you have started crying. <laughs> they all lifted and they, they cried. And the people wept that night. Verse 2. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Oh, if we had died in the, this wilderness. <laughs> the wilderness was better. Egypt was better. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? That our wives and children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? They said to one another, Let's select a leader and return. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, they were very serious people. The Bible said this is why they didn't enter. This is why they didn't enter. So, verse 26, and the Lord spoke to Aaron saying, verse 27, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation which member against me? I have heard the memories of the children of Israel which they member against me. Verse 28, say unto them, as surely as I would, oh, talk to me, as surely as I would, as you have what? Oh, talk to me. As you have what? Shouted. As you have what? As you have what? As you have what? As you have spoken in my ears, so I will. As you have spoken in my ears, so I will. So is it God who killed them? Talk to me. Is it God who killed them? No, no. You didn't catch it. The Bible said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the food thereof. God didn't kill them. It wasn't his plan. His plan was to bring them to a land. There were challenges in the land, but that was his plan. And the strategy was for them to speak what he wanted them to speak. Do you know what Joshua and Caleb said to get into the land? All they said is that if the Lord delights in us, he will give us the land. That's all they said. That's all they said. If the Lord delights in us, he will give us the land. In our case, he has bruised Christ to demonstrate that he's given it to us. That's why in our case, you cannot take your confession for granted. Do you understand what I'm saying? Watch what you say. Because you are praying. 
but you are talking rubbish. And it's not just about prayer. He said, what I hear as I live, whatever I'm hearing, whether it's coming from prayer or it's coming from complaining anger, whichever, that's what I will do. What I hear, that's what I will do. Next week, we'll start talking about confession. Let's rise on our feet and give God praise and give him glory. Sanitize your tongue. Sanitize your tongue. Say in the name of Jesus. I sanitize my tongue. I speak differently from today. I speak my victory in Christ. I speak my position in Christ. <laughs> Open your mouth and begin to thank God and give him praise if you feel blessed. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. No, no.